Welcome to the Academy Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing rich content for the purpose of spiritual growth. The Academy Podcast is brought to you by the Academy for Spiritual Formation, an international ministry of the Upper Room. The Academy is dedicated to creating safe space for people to connect with God, self, others, and creation for the sake of the world. To learn more about our five-day and two-year retreat offerings, visit academy.upperroom.org. I'm your host, Claire McKeever Burgett, and I serve as the Associate Director of the Academy. I'm also ordained clergy, a birth and postpartum doula, a yoga, dance, and movement instructor, a writer, a mother, a partner, a friend. We're glad you're here. In this month's episode, we hear from Sister Kathleen Flood on the topics of healing and wholeness. An Illinois native, Sister Kathleen became a member of the Cincinnati Dominican Congregation, the Order of Preachers, in 1981, and served as a campus minister in Illinois and Wisconsin until moving to Nashville, Tennessee in 1988 to serve as the university Catholic chaplain at Vanderbilt University, a position she held for seven years. Currently, Sister Kathleen is a spiritual director and an adjunct faculty member for the Doctor of Ministry program at Drew University in New Jersey. Sister Kathleen is also an avid writer and a regular faculty person for the Academy for Spiritual Formation. The following episode draws from Sister Kathleen's teaching on spirituality and ways of healing at a two-year academy in Alabama in February 2006. Inspired by the Gospel of Luke's Passion narrative, Sister Kathleen offers wisdom and insight on healing and wholeness, teaching that in order to be healers in the world, we must give up our need for power and instead follow the way of love. Luke's Passion narrative begins with the Passover and Jesus celebrating the meal. And at the end of celebrating the meal is this slight indication that there will be one among them that will be the betrayer. And of course, as in the rest of the Gospels, is it I? Well, that doesn't go here. Because they started to say, is it going to be one of us? Now remember, the Eucharist is just over. And the disciples start to argue. A dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Isn't it like what we heard this morning? They're already fighting over power. In this great countercultural moment, they lose it and they're fighting about power. Jesus said to them, The rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. We are not to be like that. And to really be healers in the world is not to be like that. 
We are not to have these disputes over who is the greatest, especially after the most profound healing moment we can have, which is to be at table with one another. I think Jesus was trying to tell us something about healing, that when we're arguing over who has the most power, we're missing the entire picture. And it starts early on. It starts in the fourth chapter. When after being tempted, Jesus goes to the temple. And he's asked to read the scroll for the day. He's just participating in daily prayer. And he picks up the scroll of Isaiah where it says, God's spirit is upon me. God's spirit has anointed me to bring new good news. God's spirit has anointed me to bring sight to the blind, to lift up those who are helpless, and to proclaim a day, a year, an eternity of favor. And then he sat down. No sermon. It would have been a place to do a little expository preaching. But instead, he says, today, this very word is fulfilled in your midst. This very day, healing is in your midst. And they had a little dispute and tried to push him over the side of the hill. What do you mean? Why is it that sometimes in the midst of the most beautiful words we can hear, we have disputes? Like, well, I think we should have the announcements at the beginning of the service. (laughs) Or, The flowers are always on the left. It would be better to just sit down and hope that despite the flowers being in the wrong place and the hymn being in the wrong place and the announcements being backwards, that what we're missing is God's healing power is sitting right there in our midst. And we miss it. Jesus could have identified with a lot of things, but he sees his ministry, he names his ministry as spiritual and physical healing. There are little pericopes about this everywhere in the Gospels, like in the 11th chapter of Matthew, the 4th and 5th verse. Go and tell John's disciples what you see. The blind see and the lame walk. Yes, this is the one that was promised. And how do we know by the healing that follows this person? And it wasn't just physical healing. It was healing of mind and spirit and relationship and power structure And first and foremost, it was a manifestation of God's 
incredibly deep love for the world. In probably one of the earliest contemporary books on healing, written by Morton Kelsey, he says there are 41 instances. Now, some of them are repeats, and there's a slightly different emphasis. But there are 41 instances of physical and mental healing in the Gospels. God has sent the Christ to give us abundant life. Now, Jesus transformed Judaism's understanding of illness. For the most part, there are exceptions, but for the most part, the understanding of illness in the Hebrew scripture is that somehow it is God's anger that causes the situation, or God's judgment. How many people today say, well, you know, that's the way God wants it. That's a very, that doesn't have the good news in it. So Jesus came and shook up the entire culture and the entire hierarchical way that the Jewish community looked at healing. No wonder he made them so angry. He pulled the props out and said, it is not to be that way now. I have come to tell you that the God who loves you wants you to be whole. So we need to speak healing words even in the midst of violence. That's what we are called to do. And we are most Christ-like in those moments. And Jesus is very clear, it doesn't end with me. You will do even greater things because I return to the Father. And when the Holy Spirit comes, which is our presence to you, these things will happen. And it seems like what that means is they ought to happen today, as they did then. I think another reason is this phrase, if only you had enough faith then, well, we'll meet the woman with the flow of blood, and that will be a question. I still think that's said today. If only you had enough faith, then God would free you from this, deliver you from this, God would heal you. Well, you know, I've been praying for her for a long time and she doesn't seem to get well. Well, she just needs more faith.
That almost shuts the door. God is not judgmental like that. God takes us where we are and brings us to the healing that's there for us. It may not look like what we thought it would, but it's not because we don't have enough faith. Oh, I'm really sorry that your little child died. It must have been God's will. Ooh. It hurts to say it. And maybe we have. But I don't remember anywhere in the scriptures where it says we will know that. And I think it's partially because we don't want to sit in the pain of that reality. There's nothing that requires more presence than to sit with someone who's dealing with some kind of injury or death or terminal illness and watch it go on and wonder, where is God in this? It may be that the person who's being healed is the watcher because the person who's ill is already healed. Healing doesn't mean cure. It means God's deep action in our lives to make us whole. Sister Kathleen's words on healing and wholeness come to me as I've just written a letter to the students of Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. They returned to school and their daily routines after unspeakable terror was inflicted on them and their friends by a former classmate armed with an assault rifle and a whole lot of hate. I find it comforting to hear Sister Kathleen talk about Jesus' understanding of healing and wholeness in the midst of a world in desperate need of both. The violence so prevalent in Jesus' time is still present today. The disputes over power, over who's in and who's out, remain. And I have to believe that when Jesus said, today healing is in your midst, he meant it. And I have to believe that he still means it today. In the letter I wrote to the students of Stoneman Douglas High, I shared a poem I penned in the aftermath of their school shooting. I share it with you now as both a response to Sister Kathleen's and Jesus' teaching, and a prayer, that we might hold on to one another, and that in holding on, we might heal, we might be made whole. We are all, each of us, a miracle, the blood and bone of us, the salt and fire, the spit and color, the word and flesh, the folds, the skin, the breath, the heart, beat, pulse, rhythm, even when still, moving, creating, living, being, miracle. 
We are not miracle by our own doing, not because we're strong or wise, though at moments we may be these and more. We are miracle because of one another. The way we hold on to the blood and bone of us when devastation devastates our lives. We are miracle because we move, even when still, to the pulse, rhythm, beat of love. To hear more from faculty like Sister Kathleen, who are spiritual directors, pastors, professors, authors, and experienced pilgrims and practitioners in the area of spiritual formation, join us at the next five-day or two-year Academy. For more information, visit academy.upperroom.org.